Well, good morning. How are we doing? How are we doing? Happy summer to everyone who is on vacation, which is like half the church right now. We love you guys. We hope that you're watching online. If you're not watching, you're watching the replay. Uh, just know that we can't wait until we get to see you again. Uh, and I'm excited to see what God does this um, upcoming season. Hey, we've been in a collection of talks through the, the Songs of Ascent. And just as a quick recap, if you're just catching uh, this, maybe this is your first Sunday with us. Uh, the Songs of Ascent is uh, 15 songs that the Israelites, the Hebrew people, would have sang in their pilgrimage that they were going uh, to worship at the temple, at the, the, the Mount Zion. And um, what they would do is they, they would go anywhere from three to five times a year. They would travel uh, from wherever it was they lived, Bethlehem or Nazareth or uh, the outskirts of the field, and, and they would travel to uh, the temple, and they would sing these songs. They would rehearse these songs, sing these songs on their journey uh, to uh, worship. And, and the intent was that the songs would prepare their hearts for when they got into the presence of God. Uh, very similar to how some of us, uh, if you're going on a, a road trip to Disney World, right? You, the closer you get to Disney World, you start playing songs like Under the Sea, Under the Sea, Under the Sea. Or um, I, was, I was riding with Seth the other day, and he's like, do you want me to sing the song? It's a small world after all. Y'all know that? It's like the, the worst, best ride at Disney, right? Uh, but as you get closer, you're playing these songs to get yourself in the spirit, to prep yourself to be like, hey, it's, it's going to be good. And then you get to Disney and like, woohoo, I'm at Disney, right? And, um, and it ends up being a good old expensive time uh, that you owe on for years. That is essentially the same thing here, is these songs are to reflect, remind, and, and allow the people to uh, really just uh, uh, look at where their destination is and to prepare their hearts for when they get there. And today we're in Psalms 127, and I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Um, last night, uh, really yesterday afternoon, Every time on Saturdays for the past couple weeks I go to review my notes, God just starts changing things. Um, and, and so I, I write out my notes about a month in advance, and then I go back and review them the week. And then Saturday night, every Saturday, I sit there and I, I study and I spend time praying. And I actually cut out half of my message for today. Uh, that does not mean you're going to be out on time, okay? Um, and so instead of looking at all of Psalms 127, today we're just going to look at two verses in Psalms 127. And my, my hope and my prayer is that as we dive into this, that God would just speak to us and, um, and we'll, see, we'll see what he does. So Psalms 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless... The Lord watches over the city. The watchman stays awake in vain. Notice here that he's saying that there's, there's, a, um, there's two things that are happening. The Lord is building and the people are building. The Lord is watching and the people are watching right here. 
And, and, and the, the writer, which is Solomon, King Solomon, which was the richest, wealthiest, wisest man to ever live the earth, um, he ended up writing some of the Proverbs as well as the book of Ecclesiastes, which we're about to turn to in just a minute. Um, this man was saying, this king ended up pinning down, and he says, unless the Lord builds the house, unless God does it, those who are building are doing it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen who are there to guard and protect the city are doing it in vain. Now, I think that this is interesting because all of us are called to work. All of us are called to watch. All of us are called to build. But if we are doing and we are building something that is not what the Lord is building, then we are doing it in vain. Have you ever done a construction project or you've maybe... Um, done a lot of preparations and preparing for people to come over all for that to just fall apart you ever done that like or for me it's like you know spend all this time building something and trying to fix something and then you find out you didn't need to do it anyways just kind of in vain right um I, I know for me that's happened and that's essentially what the writer is saying but, but what I want to do is I want to turn to Ecclesiastes for just a, just a moment. And Ecclesiastes is uh, a book that one day I'll have the guts to preach through because there's so much in it. But it's, it's the book that, you know, says uh, where three chords are, right? Everyone uses that in their, their, their wedding. It also talks about the seasons, you know, a season to laugh, a season to mourn, a season uh, for summer, a season for winter, a season for play, a season for fun, a season for work. You know, and a season for life and a season for death, right? That's, that's the book that we're going to be reading out of. But I want to just read just the first few um, words in the book of Ecclesiastes written by King Solomon as well. He says this, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanities. The NIV says it like this. Meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. In which we would say, all right, let's close our Bibles, take another offering and go home, right? Because um, it's, what's the point of us being here? But, but he continues, what does a man gain by all the toil or all the work at which he works under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remain forever. Now, I, I want you to think about that for, for just a minute. I'm, I'm getting older, okay? Um, and I'm just being a little transparent with you. I was telling Christy the other day, I, I think I'm really going through a midlife crisis right now. Like, I just want to go buy a lake cabin and a boat and spend a bunch of money I don't have. And, like, um, anyone? So three of us? All right, the rest of you guys, you're not old enough? Um, or maybe, you've, you know, it's far past that. I, I don't know. Um, but, like, I, I, I think about it, I'm going to die one day. Like, like that's, a, that's a reality. I'm going to die one day unless Jesus comes back, which, praise God, I, you know, come on back. Let's do it right now. Um, and there's going to be another generation that's going to end up rising up. And eventually that generation's also going to end up dying one day. And then there's going to be another generation. And, and the cycle continues. Literally, literally what it says right here in my notes, it says that vanity can refer to a mist or a vapor, a mere breath of existence. Meaningless. Vanity. 
The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and it goes to the north. Around and around goes the wind. And on it, and on its circuits, the wind returns. Now what I think is interesting here is King Solomon says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who work it, those who build it, labor in vain. But then right here he says, everything is vanity. Everything is meaningless. But then there's this one phrase that he says, and this one phrase in this passage right here is actually used 29 different times throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. And this is where I'm going to be going for the next 20 minutes or so. He says, what does a man gain by all the toil at which he works under the sun? Under the sun. Meaning if what we are doing here is simply for us, simply for what we're going to have, simply for the lake house and the boat that I'm going to buy one day in the name of Jesus, prophesy it, right? I'm joking. I'm not joking. I really do want that. I'm going to pray and believe that, but I'm not a name it and claim it guy. If that's what we're living for, then it's all meaningless. Because one day you're going to die and everything that you have is either going to get thrown away or sold in a yard sale or an estate sale. Like everything will eventually, that will eventually happen. And, and so what he's saying right here is he's really inviting us to start building our lives with eternity in mind, our, our families with eternity in mind, and recognize that, that what we are doing is, is we're not just building a bunch of stuff to accumulate here on this earth, but really we're here to build the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God will outlive our son. But if what we're, what we're doing is just simply living for what we can get in this earth, we have missed it. We have absolutely missed it. I, I think about this. Um, I think about God's way, right? God's way and how God created the world. He has this creative design that he's invited us into. And then I also think about our way over here. Our, our way who, um, let's just be honest, our way when we try to do things our way is filled with anxiety. It's filled with uh, a lot of restless nights. It's filled with uh, me being stressed about stuff. It's, it's filled with like, what the heck is going on? Anybody? Anybody? And then we go to God's way, and God's way it literally says, and we'll read this next week, those who fear the Lord are blessed. Meaning we're, we're called to be blessed. We're called to prosper, and I'm not talking about money, but we're, we're called to have joy, right? Joy is, is a symptom of our discipleship. Joy is a symptom of what Jesus is doing. But, but oftentimes we do things our way. We, we live our life, we build our life, we, we do things our way, and we get frustrated when things don't go our way, and then we turn and we blame God. See, here's what I want to propose to you, and I'm going to talk about God's way for, for just a minute. Um, I heard this, and it blew my mind, and it's so simple, so simple. Whenever we think about God's way and where we are and how do we navigate with the political tension and the cultural tension in our world, right? This is, this is what we see oftentimes. It's like, um, well, maybe we need to little, lean a little bit more to the left. Maybe, maybe over there we'll, we'll find more satisfaction and, and God will be in it. And, and then some of, us, 
say, well, maybe we need to move a little bit more to the right, go, go more conservative. And, and what happens is we start to examine the gospel through a left and a right lens. And that is not at all what the Bible teaches. You know what the Bible teaches? To examine the gospel from up and down. Kingdom and world. Kingdom and world. It's not a left and right issue. It's a kingdom issue. It's a world issue. And, and, and if anything, whenever we have a new mind, whenever Jesus invades our heart, invades our life, he is replacing the world that was in there with his kingdom that he wants to establish. I think oftentimes Christians, we look at this and um, we try to navigate culture. We try to navigate our way through liberal and conservative and my challenge for us is that we would build a house that navigates, that, that navigates culture through kingdom. And, and so, jumping back to verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, the Lord's way, those who build it, those who labor, do it in vain. Meaning, whenever you're doing things your way and God's not involved in it, you're just, it's meaningless, vanity. And then he says this, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. The, the first thing we see here is that the Lord builds. That's something that we need to understand and that we need to recognize in our lives is that the Lord is the, the God who, who he builds. Like God is a creative God. Have you, have you thought about this? Like he speaks and light comes out of his mouth and galaxies are formed. And, and I just saw the, the new James Webb telescope about how they're literally got this, these images of these new, um, I guess, stars or neutron stars like colliding with each other and the explosion of life that's coming out of that. All of that is coming from God. But also at the same time, he watches and he's preserving what is his. His people. He's watching over us. He's preserving us. He's protecting us. He's there to, you ready? Fight your battles. This is how I. All the worshipers are like, yes, hallelujah. Right? So we see that the Lord builds. The second thing we see is that we build as well. We build as well. We are created in the image of God. Genesis uh, chapter 1 and 2, he says, he says, let us, plural, the Trinity, make man in our image. We are made in the imago Dei, in the image of God, which is absolutely beautiful. So you know what that means about you and I? We are also creative. We are also called to create now, some of you may be like, Michael, I'm, I'm not creative. You don't want to see me. Like, the most creative thing I can do is a pencil drawing, right? Is that anyone? That is me. Thank you. Thank you. But you know what? There's other things that God has gifted you to go and create. I, I love what T.D. Jakes says. I, I love T.D. Jakes. Come on, somebody. Ho! You know, and organ starts playing. Amen. Amen. But I love what T.D. Jakes says. He says, God creates the trees that are all around of us. And many of us are praying for God to give us a table, and he's given you the resources uh, in the tree for you to create the table. But you have to be able to put yourself to action to create something out of the resources that he gave you. Some of us are praying for tables, and God's like, I've given you a forest of trees. Do something with it. I've created this for you. Now you take it and you build it to where it brings glory to my name. 
I also think about in, in church, right? Um, and, and here's one of the cool things about Christianity in, in churches. Uh, we have a blueprint for what church should look like. We see in the Bible that there's a weekly gathering. Some can argue Saturday. Some can argue on Sunday. We, we see that people were living with one another and, and breaking bread in their homes, and they were involved in community. We see that every time the church corporately gathers, there's a proclamation of the word, there's the administering of holy communion, that there's people praying for one another, and that people sang and prophesied. Like somebody prophesied today, you know? But this, so we, we see that there's a blueprint for the Bible that God gives, that Jesus gives his church. Now, how we execute that, I really believe, is up to the people that God has placed over each local gathering. How we, how we execute that, um, there's nothing in the Bible that says anything about social media. But you know what? We can use social media as a tool to be able to advance the gospel, right? I don't, you guys tracking with me? God creates, we create. God builds, we build. And if we are not doing it with him, then we labor in vain. So how do we build today? And this, we're moving on to the second verse now. It is in vain, or should I say meaningless, that you rise up early and go to late rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. Once again, he, he brings this back. It, it is in vain that you wake up early and you go to bed late. Now, all of us are going to wake up. All of you woke up today. Many of you, you woke up and you went straight to the coffee pot. That's what happens in my house. My family knows not to talk to me until I've had my coffee. And many of us are going to go to bed late. This also lately has been happening to me. This is confession time with Mike, all right? I've been going to bed later than I want to. All of us are going to do that. All of us are going to wake up and we're going to end up going to a job. We're going to end up going to school. Maybe not now because it's summer break, but... Come September, you're going to go back into school, or maybe you're going to go and transition into to university, right? All of us are going to wake up, and we're going to hit the grind. We're going to start grinding, baby. We're going to start working. We're going to start working the field of our lives that God has placed in front of us. The, the thing, though, that he says right here, that Solomon says right here, is he says, it is in vain that you rise up early and you go to late to rest, Eating the bread of anxious toil. Here's, here's what he's presenting in front of us. We have an opportunity to either be driven by anxiety and the fears that are in front of us or to be driven by the kingdom of God in, in, within us. Oftentimes, our motivation is driven out of the fear and the anxiety of the pressures of life. Have you ever stayed up late worried about your bills? Have you ever stayed up late worried about the test that you don't know if you passed or not? You know, you put everything into it. You studied really hard. Have you ever, you know, stayed up or not been able to sleep because you, you've got so much that you're worried about up here? Anybody? Like, that's, that's what he's talking about. Man, and if you look at our culture today, if you, you look at everything that's happening, they are, they, I say they, we 
are using fear and anxiety to drive our decisions as a culture. We are using fear and anxiety to drive how we respond to things. We're using fear and anxiety to um, keep living a meaningless life. Like, and I believe that God has created the church and called the church to not walk in fear, to call the church to not walk in anxiety, but to, but to um, call the church to be good stewards of the kingdom of God and establishing the kingdom of God in his righteousness. Like, I, I literally am convinced of this. And so you could either, A, you could be driven by fear and anxiety, or B, you have the option to be driven by the kingdom of God and the decisions that you make. And your finances, with, with how you handle with situation. Uh, this, this word, eating the bread of anxious toil, that anxious toil literally means a burden that you cannot carry. A burden that you cannot carry. Guys, I don't know if you figured this out. I can't carry life. Like, like the pressures of life, is, is it just me? Maybe this is a part of my midlife crisis. I don't know, right? This is... Like, but I, I think about all the things that are, that are going on. You know, I got, I got to, you know, take the car in to the shop and got to make sure the mortgage is paid on time. And um, it rained again for the 70th time this summer and our basement has, you know, more water in it. So let's go make sure the sump pump is working. And then our dishwasher broke. Y'all, that's a big deal. I've never had a dishwasher, and now we have a dishwasher, and it broke on me, and that's why it's a big deal, okay? And so that's, and, and Christy can tell you, I've tried, I've ordered two different parts. I've taken that sucker apart, and that stupid thing is still not draining the way it's supposed to. Father, we pray for the dishwasher. But like, uh, and then on, on top of that, you got the, the pressures of church, and you got, you know, uh, stuff going on here, and, and finances, and looking at budgets, and looking at, you know, what are we going to do in the future, and what is this? And I'm just like, like, it starts to weigh you down. Have you been there? Have you been there? And you're just like, God, I, 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 don't, I don't think that I can take this. You're not supposed to take it. It's a burden that you and I are not called to carry. I also think about trying to, trying to do something in, impossible. And just here's a few just practical examples. Maybe some, these, this might be some of the impossible situations that you're faced with. Maybe it's uh, paying off debt, paying off student loans. I know the government promised to pay off student loans, but you see how that's going. Um, that was supposed to be a joke, by the way. Uh, maybe it's getting into college to go into debt. It seems like an impossible situation. I'm just going to get into college. Everything's going to be fine. That's not the case. You're going to leave college with $100,000 worth of debt. Um, maybe it's breaking up with him or her. It just seems impossible because, man, I've just invested so much into this relationship. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about married couples here. I'm talking about people that are dating and, and listen, if you're going to, and this is for someone, all right, and maybe you're watching online. It's no one here. It's got to be someone online. If you're going to break up with someone, don't say the Lord told me so. Why don't you be a man or a woman about it and just say, hey, I don't like you anymore, and I don't think that this is going to work. And so God bless you. Let's be friends. High five. Deuces. And just do it a lot more. Do not come to me for relational advice either, because clearly. Um, but like, 
You know, people, people that are like, man, it's not you. It was me. I was just praying. I just really felt the Holy Spirit tell me that we're not supposed to be together and you've got to get a lot of things in your life. You know, stop using God as an excuse. Like, just saying. Like, and, and y'all, that's from someone who's used those words. God told me, we won't even get there. As soon as I do that, I'm just opening a, a can of worms, and we're not going to. This has nothing to do with my wife. Um, I, I, I think about raising kids. It seems impossible. It's an impossible task. Or maybe you did find the one that you love, and you're in the process of getting married. And it seems impossible to plan everything out. And you know what? Your great day is not going to go according to plan. Just so you know, something's going to go wrong. You're going to buy a suit that's five times the size and not check it until three hours before you're supposed to be at the altar. Don't use men's warehouse. That's my advice for you, all right? <laughs> I also think about, like, let me just, let me just kind of talk about this as, as, a, as a church. Um, some audacious goals. I... I I don't know where I'm going with this. All right, so we're just going to tell you this is what happens whenever I'm up late at night. I want to see Albany transformed. It seems impossible. It, it literally seems impossible. And there are so many days where I, I, I go in here and I wake up and I'm just like, I'm so discouraged because I, I just feel like, God, we're just... We're hitting the same ground over and 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 there's nothing. There's nothing. God, this, this seems impossible. Is it vanity? Vanity, vanity. Is ministry vanity, God? Like, is my family vanity, God? Or, 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 I, or I think about um, reaching Albany and, and then building his church. Building his church. It's, y'all, again, I'm telling you, this is midlife crisis. Um, ministry is not easy. And there, like I told Christy a few weeks ago, I was like, for the first time in forever, I thought about just working a nine to five state job. I didn't say state job, but there's state workers here. And you know that if you're working a state job, you really ain't working, you know? And so I'm joking, Tony. I'm, I'm joking, Tony. I'm about to get stuff thrown at me. But like, you go to work, you do your thing, you clock out, you go home, and it's like, woohoo! I'm going to have a, a fire and just hang out and just enjoy my life, and this is just going to be great, right? Like, and I know that that's the enemy that's like putting those thoughts in there, because I'm sure Tony is very stressed out at his state job <laughs> at times. <laughs> like your thumbs get tired from texting all day because you're so... I am not making fun of your job. I want you to know that I love you, and he's an elder, and he can have my job if he wants it. So, but, but like ministry's hard, and 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 reaching Albany is hard. And 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 I'll tell you this. Here's here's another one. I kind of say it as a joke. It's like people come in and and they're like, "Oh, your building looks so great." And I'm like, "Yeah, we're a million dollars in debt, bro." Like, like that. How about going to bed with that at night? You know, it's it's. Like, how are we, it seems impossible to be able to pay this off. And you know what? I want to pay it off in like four to five years. That seems next to impossible. But it's the pressures of life that, that come upon us 
that if, if, if we, we either have the option to either choose how we want to do it, which is not going to produce any kind of fruit, or to choose how God is going to do it, which is a replacement of the way that we think from us thinking about left and right or our culture and our world to replacing our mindset, replacing our identity with the kingdom of God. I believe it's C.S. Lewis that says, I feel like I don't fit anywhere in this world, and so I've come to the conclusion that if I don't fit anywhere in this world, that I'm not a part of this world. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, you and I are not a part of this world. We are in this world, but we are kingdom people who are called to create and establish the kingdom of God. It's a, it's a replacement we should not be driven by the anxious toils of this world. Instead, we should be driven by the kingdom of God. And right at the center of the kingdom of God is King Jesus. And he is standing tall over our lives. And he is protecting us. And he is watching us. And he is encouraging us. And for some of us that feel like we're, we're so far gone right now, he's calling you to just come back and just run to him. King Jesus, through the name we lift up high. I, I, this is where my message shifts. And so all of that was my intro. I'm joking. But this is where my message shifts. And listen, I've, I've read this text. I did some studying on this text. I've read commentary about this text. And uh, I was going to tie it into families and stuff. And, and last night, the Lord just kind of stopped me at this word right here. And shifted everything. And, and it's this part right here, eating the bread of anxious toil. That word bread. I mean, you know what it means in Hebrew? Bread. Very deep. But as I was, as I was reading this, I, I just, I started thinking about our society our culture, my life, my family, and how all we do is we reach out, we grab the bread of culture, we put it in our mouths, and we consume it until we're hungry again, and then we do it again, and again, and again, and again. And then if you're like me, don't raise your hand for this, but then you get anxious, you get stressed about stuff, and you just start eating more bread. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if y'all have no, noticed this, but like I've, I've got a little, I'm working on it, all right? And by working on it, I'm just grabbing more bread. <laughs> like, seriously, Tony over there, I mean, he never even eats bread, and he's just like, he really doesn't eat bread. It's because he's got Jesus, okay? <laughs> but I, I, I think about like, how often are we just consuming things of the world? How often are we just consuming the, the, bread of, the bread of the world? And meanwhile, Jesus shows up on the scene and he presents to us, hey, I, I, I'm going to create a feast for you. But before you do that, I am. I am the bread of life. And, and so... Jump with me real quick. This is, if you got your Bibles, this is not going to be on the screen um, because this was one of those changes that happened and 
I just want to read this in, in John chapter 6, starting in verse 27. We're going to read 27 to 35. We'll, we'll go quick. But he says, this is Jesus talking. Do not work for the food that perishes, but work for the food that endures to eternal life. Like, I just want to pause there for just a second because we, we need food to be able to stay alive, right? But what he's saying here, what he's trying to draw out of everyone is, is for us to not let that be the driving factor of what it is that we are doing. He, he's saying, I, I want you to work for what endures for eternity, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then he said to him, what must we do to be doing the work of God? Isn't that what many of us want to know in our lives? What is, it the, what is the will of God in my life? What's the will of God in this situation? What's the will of God in my family? What's the will of God with where I go to school? God, what is it? What is your will? And Jesus answered. He says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him and he who sent you. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now, what, what they're saying right here is, is they're starting to, to look back at what God did. And they're, they're looking back at, um, you know, remembering Moses and the manna that fell from heaven. And, um, and, and essentially they're saying, hey, we want to do this. And I think oftentimes in our lives we want to do this. We say that we want to do this. But there comes an understanding of who Jesus is in our life in order for us to actually do this. He continues on. And Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And then there's this moment here. I could just imagine the people sitting there and they're looking and they're like, Come on, come on, we, we, don't, we don't want to be hungry anymore. We don't want to be hungry anymore. We, we need something to satisfy us. We need something to, come on, like, I, I need something to, fix this. And Jesus turns and he looks straight at them and he says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. How many of us are trying to build our own life. And with that, we are eating the bread of anxiety. We are eating the bread of stress. We're eating the bread of shame. We're eating the bread of guilt. We're eating the bread of condemnation. We're eating the bread of like, my whole life is just falling apart 
and I'm working for something and I just feel like I'm never going to be satisfied. And now I've got this house and now I want to go get this other house. And, and now I, I just, I want to see this be a little bit bigger. I just want to see my 401k just grow by another 37%. I just want to see like uh, us, all of our debts paid off. I just, I just want to, I just want to see that. Meanwhile, everything that we're feeding ourselves with is just producing toxicity inside of us. And Jesus is sitting there. He's saying, no, no, no. What you're looking for, I am. What you're looking for, I am that I am. I am the bread. I am the satisfaction. I am the thing that you're thirsty for. Vanity, vanity. Everything is vanity under the sun. Closing out, he says, it is in vain that you rise up early and you go to late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. Meaning he gives you rest. God creates. We create. God rested and we rest. I want to close out with this. I think, um, I was thinking about this last night. I, for time's sake, I didn't, I didn't have time to put pictures up on the wall and all of that, but um, I was thinking about this. Whenever you buy a building or you're building a house or um, we use City Church here, I, I think about the process of us buying this building, right? We got a, a great deal on it and you know, now the warehouse district is booming. There's lots of good things happening down here. But, but we got this building for like 375000 or so. And it was originally listed for five twenty-five. But before we could ever send it to the city, before we could ever um, have church in here, before we could ever even really have people in here legally, uh, what we had to do is we had to go and hire an architect. And the architect took this building, this shell, and he started drawing up plans, and he would meet with us, and he would go over the plans and ask us questions and um, kind of guide us along the process. And so before we, we even, like, bought the building, we were like $40,000 in on this building that we could lose because the deal almost fell apart, literally. It scared the living bejeebies out of me. But then we finally bought the building, and the work started. And something that I noticed is that the architect was the one that designed how the builders were going to build the building. The architect was the one that determined, you know, how high the stage could be, how thick the walls have to be, where the electrical panels are. The architect was the one that determined how big of a radius there needs to be around the toilets to be in compliance with code. And, and so, meanwhile, you have the contractors in here, and many of you guys came in here, and we're all sitting here, we're physically building, and we're, we're putting up sheetrock. We're not putting up sheetrock. The contractors are putting up sheetrock, and, and they're running plumbing. And, and I remember, if, you know, a little, like, underneath here, there was this, like, two-foot trench that they had to dig out to get plumbing back over there. And, and all of that, the architect drew. 
and designs. And then right before we get our certificate of occupancy, man, I was so excited. We're going to get our certificate of occupancy. We called up the architect, Dan. Dan, come on back in. And Dan walked in, and Dan made changes to our plans so that we would be in compliance. And there were many times, actually, he had to come in during the construction phase, and he had to inspect stuff and make changes or tell us to make changes so that we could be in compliance. And the reason I'm saying this is because I, I think about it like this. God is our grand architect. And we are the construction workers here, the contractors. And we are building what he has laid out and he has designed for our lives. And just like Dan entered in to the conversation with us and would have to come in as an architect for the church and make some adjustments to some things that we were trying to do or tell us, no, you can't do this to be in compliance with code. God is wanting to come into your lives and make some adjustments in your life and in some areas for you to work out with him so that you can be built into all that God has called you to be built into. The Lord builds and we build. The Lord watches and we watch it. And in all of that, Jesus is giving us the satisfaction that we need. Will you stand with me? The worship team is going to come up. I'm going to close with Matthew 11. If we could throw that on the screen. Maybe some of us have been working and laboring in vain. Jesus says, come to me, all who are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. The cares of this world, the stress of this world, let's just lay it at his feet. I'm going to pray, and whenever I pray, the prayer team is, if we could have the prayer team come up here. We're going to sing a song, and the prayer team's going to come up here. And if you need prayer for anything, we want to pray with you. We want to believe for you and with you. If you've been carrying the toils of this world and you just feel like things are meaningless right now, man, I want to challenge you to come allow us to pray with you and allow the grand architect to rearrange and adjust some things in your life. Jesus, we need you above all else. Jesus, we need you to build our house, our lives. And Father, I just ask that right now you would just speak to our lives and to our heart and to our minds and that you would rearrange things to where it's in line with your ways and your plan. And God, out of that, that you would just cause for there to be a desperation for you, for your plans, for your purpose. Holy Spirit, I just ask that right now you would just speak. In Jesus' name.